We are live for episode 104 of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast. So if we screw up, it's um, somebody's fault. Exactly. And it starts already. So on this episode, which has already been called Episode Salt, because reasons that will become apparent readily apparent, I'll start off with some fun stories and then we will go into wonderful, wonderful, wonderful salt. Moi, chef's kiss. That and more on this episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast. Ah, yes. We are here. I am self-proclaimed Lord Salt, and this shall be my day. And that's Dave. I feel like you should have the Lord Salt already, already on. Don't ruin it. It should have come pre-packaged. So I got a quick story I want to tell you because – Hey, I'm the, facing starvation here, Dave. All right, all right, that's why I said quick story. So I have a quick story I want to share with you before we get into, into our stuff today. So I have been tasked with selling a bunch of stuff my mother-in-law doesn't want. All right? Mostly – uh, video game related. Uh, and I find it interesting. So I finally have got everything posted. Some of it's on eBay. Some of it's on Facebook. Some of it's on both. And and I find people very interesting. And Right? Because it's like you never know what you're going to get. And my favorite examples of this are, first of all, is, is the person who, who, who messaged you and says, is this available? Which is a standard thing you can just click, right? It's a button you can click. And you answer yes, and then you never hear from them again. So that's example one that I find hilarious because it's like, are you actually interested in this item? Did you find it somewhere else for a price you like better or a location you like better? Or is this a bot? I needed to eat eat part of the protein bar before I could answer that question. Dave, it's very important that you understand they just wanted to know if it was available. They didn't want it. They just wanted to know if it was available. And once you gave them their answer, their their quest was done and there was time that's, for them that's, to move that's on. That's true. I, I never did think about that. Maybe they just wanted to know if it was available. They had very I, simple aims, very simple objectives, and objective met. But then what happens when it becomes unavailable? Should I tell them that too? The, dude, at that point, then their quest continues. They must ask the next person if it's for sale. Right. And then once they get yes, once again, their quest is complete. And, and my here's another story from today. So obviously, I am not one of those people who is always on my phone. I am. I still think I'm on my phone more than I should be. But I'm not always on my phone, and I'm not checking it every five seconds. So, and I don't get notifications from Facebook on my phone. So I don't get Messenger notifications. I don't even have Facebook on my phone. <laughs> I do have Messenger, but okay. I don't get notifications for it. So I actually sure. have to go in and check. So I went out this afternoon. We went to get some ice cream, go to the park, and I got a notification before I left. And when somebody said it was uh, an N64, which I've been getting lots of interest in, although no one has bought it yet. It has no controllers and just a power cord. But apparently it's drawing a lot of interest. So this is your N64? No, it's uh, – I was one of my brother-in-laws at the – you know, I'm, I'm oh. still perplexed as to why I am the one who tasked with selling these as not as opposed to them. Okay, gotcha. Hey, so this is the whatever. N64 you are trying to sell? Yes. Got it. Okay. All right. So a, a person came on uh, and messaged me and said – Will you take $30 for this? I can come right now. Mm-hmm. Right? And I was like, well, I've had some interest for hire. So, no, I posted for 50 because mm-hmm. that seemed reasonable from what I could see and what was out there. Okay. So, all right. So, that's what I posted for. So, I was like, well, I'm not going to get back to this right now. I'll, I'll deal with it later. I'll, you know, I'll message when we get home and whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're at the park. We're on our way home. We're done with the park. And I was like, all right, just before we leave, you know, George in the stroller, I'm going to check just to see if anything else is there. I look, same person. Okay, 50. When can, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so I negotiated, apparently, without actually negotiating at all. Yes. Which, right? So mm-hmm. then I said, yeah, it's it's available. That's fine. When would you like to come? Because I always, I do not just throw my address out there. I make sure this person is actually going to come pick something up before I ever tell them where I live. Right. What's the big deal? Your address is 1500 Pennsylvania Avenue. Just go. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, I have not heard from this person again. Well, I was 1500 Pennsylvania Avenue. You got a big old fence. You no, elitist. 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Whatever. 1500 is a shack beside it. Doesn't matter. I, I'm actually looking up to see what 1500. Is. I'm hoping there's a 1500. That'd be great. Whatever. 15, 1600, whatever. Either way, you're an elitist snob with your fencing. Uh, yeah, it's like all right. Oh, okay. I'm hoping there. Is, I would. I would hope there's a 1500 because otherwise that's ridiculous. It's like what well, you, you actually just called it number one then. If you're the only one on the damn street. U.S. Department of the Treasury, Carlos. 
1500 Pennsylvania Avenue. I stand by my original statement. I like it even better. I figured you would. It's like, that's even better than what we started with. I'm rolling with it. It's kind of true, actually, to be fair. So anyway, that's my, you know, it's just, I just find it very. Yeah, very but Facebook Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace is kind of like what Kijiji uh, became as well. I, I hate the platforms where it's kind of tiger kicking. That's why I like, that's why I like, it's like, you know what? I'll ship it to you. Okay, let's just come to a terms and then I'll ship it to you mm-hmm. and then be done with it. Or, you know, eBay kind of wrecked itself this way uh, with a lot of the changes it made. But at least it's like, okay, look, you have to go seek the thing and you have to either make an offer or make a bid. And if I accept it, it's supposed to be binding. Now, of course, you can try to find ways to sneak out of it, but at least you've made some kind of a commitment. The other one basically is a glorified electronic version of a classified ad. Yeah. Because that's sure. really all it is. It's just like, yeah, keep bugging me until somebody finally actually follows through and we're done. Yeah. The one thing that is nice about it, though, is that you don't have to do the shipping thing. Yeah, but the downside is you don't have to do the shipping thing. You actually have to tell them to go somewhere. And it's like, yeah. I don't actually want to see you or meet you. Yeah, but uh, so far, so far, so I have sold $105 worth of stuff in two days so far. I'd be curious, actually, and this is something that maybe is a thing. Now that, now that just, just a casual thought that you mentioned. I wonder if there would be a market to have... Like um, almost the equivalent of an escrow, like mm. almost a Facebook Marketplace escrow. Like instead, like it basically, you leave something there, almost like um, almost the same way you rent a storage unit, but not like a storage unit. But mm. it could be like a thing where you put where you go. Here you go. Here's some shit that I'm going to sell. Hang on to this, and then when you come to terms, it's like okay, go get it here. Here's the number. Hand it to the guy, and he'll give you the stuff. And then when you get the money, then they ba- you don't never have to give them your address. You can just go, and then they can go pick it up, whatever, at their convenience. Yeah. And then maybe that could be a service that you pay a nominal fee for, and they basically just house your shit until you're ready to sell it. It could be interesting, depending on, obviously, how much stuff you want to sell. No, no, but I'm, I'm just thinking for people that maybe do it regularly. Yeah. Because that could be a thing where then it's really never your house. You don't have to worry about coming up with some weird arrangement. It's like, no, they're open from Monday to Friday at this hour to this hour. Go whenever you're Yeah, for sure. For and sure. Then- that would be – it would be interesting. Yeah, and then as long as you get the money, it's like you can give them the appropriate code, and then when the person on the other side gets it, it's like, yep, let me go get it for you. Yeah. There you go. I'm just just a random thought I had when uh, when you mentioned it's like actually that'd be kind of a good way. Then you never really have to deal with them. And the stuff yeah. just left. I would be okay with that. The the not having to deal with people part. Yeah, but I'm just saying I like I would pay a fee, I would pay a fee for that. It just would be a lot more convenient. Then I'd put some stuff on Facebook Marketplace because I just don't want to deal with trying to find time. It's like, no, I'm not. In, I'm not letting you come to my house to grab whatever. It's like it's a pain in the ass. I'm not interested. Um, but if you had an alternative option like that, that'd be that'd be a good way to do it, probably. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, it is a pain. It definitely is a pain in the ass. But mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, it gets the stuff out. So. No, I get it. Sounds fair. So let me uh, let me tell you a couple quick stories. So first one, uh, because I, I want to focus the majority of the, I want to put the focus on the salt, not All just right. because not just because I'm going to go get my dinner after this and then possibly watch some UFC and assemble IKEA furniture. I'm a busy man, is what I'm trying to say. I'm a very busy man. Fair enough. You got but, a new desk? Uh, no, not a desk. It's going to be a set of drawers. Okay. I, I need a new set of drawers, and I'm going to replace the other one, and then move the other one to one of the other rooms. And the desk will probably come later, but I'm going to still work on that. Not yet. But either way, like there's much work to do. My day, uh-huh. there is many hours to go before I sleep. Gotcha. But, I gotcha. But here's the thing. So first of all, uh, real quick, uh, in our you know standard like e- Carlos's eBay purchase of the week, Ooh. which is not really a segment, but it could be. Basically. It should be. All right. We got some Juan Soto. Ooh. Fancy Making him look like a pitcher. Make shiny Juan Soto. So this is actually an autograph insert uh, from 2021 Select. It looks nice. I got to take a look at it once it comes in hand. I'll be, I'm looking forward to it. This is the parallel that is numbered to 25. Nice. It, it is a fancy limited Juan Soto. I like it, Carlos. I Fancy-ness. Like I've got some other cool Sotos coming in, but I shall save that for when they do in fact arrive. Um, so that's a, that's a Carlos's card of the week. That isn't a segment, but it could be. Question mark. Um, so that's the first thing. Second right. thing, uh, let me share with you some random eBay, uh, it's random YouTube drama. All right, I like so this, your, I like random drama, especially of the YouTube variety. Yeah, so this doesn't pertain to me, but it's something I've been monitoring because I do enjoy my uh, again in this in the spirit of salt. So let's begin the the theme of salt with random YouTube drama that involves salt. Perfect. Um, so basically, I, I watch a variety of different YouTube stuff. We know about my infamous YouTube rabbit holes. That's kind of a thing that I do. Yep, of course. But one of the things that I do as well is I watch a lot of. Um, watch YouTube content because I do love me some watches. Um, mm-hmm. But 
what happens is they there have been some gray market dealers that have started getting into day in the life kind of vloggy content. Some of it's pretty nice production value. They're kind of follow, cameras following them along and they're doing transactions. And sometimes you get a little bit of slice of lifestyles things because it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to do some business. Like one of the big ones is a Roman Sharp, and he he's he's an international dealer because he does a lot of business. So he's like. Like in his last episode, he was talking about like, okay, so we're going to arrange a business trip, but to make it worth my while, it's like, I've got some clients that I need to meet in Dubai. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to swing by London and then we'll go over here. And then I think I can probably pop in and do some business in Hong Kong. So it's going to be like a three week trip. Mm-hmm. So no doubt that's going to be in the vlog, but imagine. Right. So like, a, so you're going to have a vlog where they're going to be like, okay, so we're going to fly over to Dubai. <laughs> then we're yeah. going to do a thing, pop over in London to do this show and this thing. And then we'll pop over to do this other thing. The life of an inter- international super spy slash watch dealer. Yeah, I got you. So good stuff. So anyway, uh, one of the guys that had come on the scene and really kind of pushed up the bar and encouraged a lot of these guys, Roman Sharf's actually, his business has been, they've been doing it for about 20 years. So they're pretty established in the space. But um, they really started doing the day in the life to this degree, uh, kind of being pushed by some of their competitors who are a little bit of younger upstarts. So there is a, um, a YouTube channel called The Timepiece Gentleman. Who right. Started I have rel- heard of this. Okay. So, I think you've uh, talked about it before. Okay. So let me kind of rebuild where we were and then update where we are because things have changed. So more, more has occurred. So anyway, uh, the Timepiece Gentleman is very was very controversial, and they've done a lot of different stuff. But they have been very popular on YouTube, and they had been tracking to do some big things. And uh, one thing that was coming up for them, apparently, is they were going to do a collaboration with Producer Michael. I don't know if you're familiar with Producer Michael. No. Producer Michael is basically this guy. I don't remember what his actual name is. I have to look it up. But he's actually a guy who is a music producer. He's actually an uber-rich guy. Uh, producer Michael. Who is Producer Michael? He is Michael something. Michael Blakely. Okay. So, yeah, he's uh, from London, and he actually does rock, pop music, country, and alternative. So he is a music producer. Uh, but he's made a lot of money in his career as a music producer, and he's got a YouTube channel where he does a lot of luxury watches. Basically, he wa- he buys $100,000 watches just for fun. Because he can. Yeah, because he can. But So that's the producer, Michael. But he's obviously become very popular in the space because he can show you a very lavish lifestyle. Okay. Because, he, because he's a very eccentric dude who likes really flashy clothes and expensive taste and all. So, like... It's aspirational for some folks. It's like, well, I'm not going to be involved in this, but I, I can watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, for and, sure. And he has celebrity friends and stuff, so he can invite them over to the channel to chat and do this, that, and the other thing. So obviously you're going to get a pretty nice profile if you associate and do a collaboration because he's got over a million subscribers on YouTube. So there's a lot yeah. going on. Um, he even did a giveaway where he gave away like a $50,000 watch mm-hmm. like to one of his viewers. So like he, he's got the money. So for him, it's like, yeah, no, uh, we'll do this. This is fun for me. Like this is like a side project for me and <laughs> – yeah, like, what the heck? Sure. I'll do it for fun. Um, so anyway, so what happens is this channel, uh, Timepiece Gentleman, was tracking well because obviously collaborating with such a big channel that that has a lot of viewership could potentially bring more people over to the channel and keep yep. growing your profile. Great. Wonderful. So here's the interesting thing about this whole deal. So for whatever reason, we don't know the exact rationale. And there's a video that actually got published today that I'm going to watch later and I'm curious uh, what they say in it. But what happened is uh, they did this thing. They did this. I think I mentioned the cliffhanger. Did I mention the cliffhanger on a video? No. Okay. So the, on their last main show prior to this whole controversy happening, they were they were alluding to um, the guy, the co-owners, uh, the co yeah, the co-owners of it, kind of are arguing about you know some stuff related to the way they were tracking things and not not having full proper records of some stuff. And then Anthony, one of the guys, is like, you know what? Maybe I'd be better off on my own. He does this big dramatic thing where he, you know runs off in a huff. Yeah. Um, so that was the t- that was the cliffhanger that was left. But then on the next episode, um, basically, uh, their website go- before the next episode happens, their website goes offline, all their social medias go offline, and they basically just disappear. Hmm. They do like a Kaiser Shosi, poof, they're gone. Now here's the interesting thing: the watch world starts picking up on this very quickly because what happens is, um, for whatever reason, there was a um, there was a um, like a website that decided to publish an article basically saying that it looks like they ran off with the money and the watches. Hmm. So they just went straight to like, yeah, I guess they just skipped town and ran off with it. But the problem being, they have like 10 people on staff who are also kind of all vanished. So it's like, even if you've got a couple million dollars, you're not going to split it like seven or eight or 10 ways. It's not a lot of money to skip yeah. town for. Um, and a lot of those watches have serial numbers and things like it. It didn't quite make sense. It didn't quite add up. But 
nobody could get a hold of them. That was kind of the mystery. And then when people went to go to the store, it looked like they were gone, and it looked like somebody had tried to scratch off the nameplate from the thing. And okay. nobody could find these guys. So basically for a week, the, the YouTube watch world was aflame. With, controver- <laughs> with with conspiracy theories and this is what's happening and this is what's happening and people did live streams and all kinds of crazy stuff was going on. And even at one point, Roman Scharf and a couple of other like the dealers who are known for YouTube and social media decided to do a live stream to address it as best they could. They're like, we don't know anything, but here's what I can tell you from the last communication I had with thing because they're basically trying to say like, we don't know what's going on. We're not in on it. Um, and he's like, as far as I can tell, I don't think he skipped a- he skipped town because there's some things that don't add up. Yeah. And Roman Sharp, where he was explaining in his portion of it, he goes, here's what I can tell you from my perspective. I haven't been able to reach the guy. I'm trying to reach the guy. The messages go through. It looks like somebody's reading them. And then at the same time, he owed me $100,000 for a watch that they had on you know, commission or whatever. They're supposed to do it. I got the wire. Hmm. So if you're running Skipping Town, why did I get my money? Stuff like that. Stuff that didn't seem to match. These things were a little weird. It's like, okay. So a bunch of people came out. Like a lot of them were just freaked out because the only reason they even bothered to do the live stream was because they were getting calls and stuff because they knew they had collaborated and their deal, their, the watch dealer fraternity is not so big that they don't work with each other because I'll loan you a watch. Oh, you've got a client for this watch here. Sell it. And if you can sell it, then give me my cut and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Buy it from yeah. me at this price and then you can sell it at that price and great. Well, if you're going to give somebody a $100,000 watch or a $500,000 watch or a million-dollar watch, there better be some trust involved. So it means I better be able to reach you. You know, there's a lot involved in that because otherwise you're not going to give people the expensive merchandise or money or whatever or whatever to do business deals because you're doing a lot of handshake deals basically in this mm-hmm. world. Um, so trust is critical. So suddenly vanishing and nobody can reach you is very problematic and clients – um, were concerned, even for other dealers, because they were like, well, I know you you do business with this guy. And it's like, I have consignments with you. And I'm a little bit concerned because they have consignments with their clients. And like the gray, gray market always has kind of that thing. It's like, well, is it a little bit shady? And like, how does it go? Because it's not like the authorized dealers for Rolex or all these different things. There's these, a lot of these were businesses that were built up. Basically, they don't real they could deal with technically with anybody. Yeah. So there's a lot more open to it. So basically there was a lot of, conversation chatter suddenly like i said watch youtube was aflame with videos and stuff and i was and i was and i was lapping it up it was glorious it was wonderful um and some people were were really pissed off because from a dealer perspective if your clients lose faith in you because somebody else did a thing and it wasn't you now you're pissed yeah because you're like it was like i didn't do anything (laughs) why why are you why are you bothering me and worrying worrying about me it's like I've been here for 10 years. I've been doing business and we've been doing business forever. And why, why are you questioning me now? Because this other guy did, we don't even know what he did yeah. because all they did was vanish. Nobody knows what's going on. Right. So anyway, so what happened is uh, on the Friday, so this all started on the Monday or the Tuesday on the Friday, um, a, a, st- uh, a placeholder video appeared on the timepiece gentleman channel because the YouTube channel never went down. The videos were all still up. So the, so a placeholder appeared where it said, Timepiece Channeman Scandal Revealed. So all of a sudden, you've got this placeholder video that is going to suddenly appear and drop on Tuesday. Okay. So almost a full week before after the thing started. So here's what happens. The video airs. And in the video, they basically do this sanctimonious thing where they're like, well, we decided just to... They're saying like, well, we were doing like this experiment where we thought it would be this interesting idea to like get publicity and draw some attention to some charities we wanted to work with and stuff like that and all this stuff. And then they showed them throughout the week at, at a conference table, talking over different aspects of it. Uh, he was talking to one of his lawyers to have him release certain things. And he goes, so what I want you to do is I want you to take a picture of me and I'm going to appear in this restaurant in the Dallas area because that's where they are. Take a gr- like a grainy photo of me and send it over anonymously to this website that's reporting the stuff <laughs> and let him keep making videos. Basically, he kept lapping up the publicity, he kept playing up. But then he would also like message uh, Roman, like call him. And then yeah. Roman would see him like on his thing and he picks up. And as soon as he picks up, he hangs up on him. Right. Basically be like, I'm here. I just called you, but I'm not going to talk to you. So I'm not telling you what's going on, but I'm trying to send you a message that I'm around. Right. But the, and and they shows them watching the live stream where the de- watch dealers are on there freaking out and he's calling him and doing all this stuff. And they're like sitting there cackling. So they look terrible in this because they're basically screwing over with business partners as well. 
even though they're trying to play it like this is charity thing. And by the way, they did some, they show them doing some charity stuff, but it's like not exactly the best way to promote yourself if you're trying to do because people started speculating like, okay, so is it a publicity stunt? It feels like it but just the, screams of pretentiousness. It, it does. It does. Um, and we'll get to pretentiousness in a bit. But the thing is that regardless of how you want to play it, if it's a publicity stunt, yes, you are getting people's attention. Yes, they are talking about you. But sometimes you're in a trust business, though. Why would anybody trust you? You basically just vanished without saying anything. You didn't tell even the people in the inner circle of watch dealers who basically have to trust you. You kind of put them in this weird position where they haven't answered questions they can't answer because they don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very strange business strategy. Let's put it that way. It's a very strange business strategy if you intend to continue to be in business going forward. Regardless of how you want to spin it or if you want to try to claim it's a charity thing or whatever or trying to get it. To, yeah, it was a PR stunt, but it was also a PR stunt like what's the game? What's the yeah. goal at the end of the PR stunt? You need you need to have won something, either get tons of views on your video or whatever to justify what you did. Um, in the end, they didn't do anything. They didn't steal money. They didn't steal watches. They didn't do whatever, but... They made people. They let people. They let their imaginations run wild without giving anybody a hint as to what they were doing. Um, so the end result was they released this video, and immediately they got destroyed for it. And obviously, and then watch YouTube was aflame again. <laughs> it's like time is so. So now more days of that. So within a couple of days, they got so many thumbs down. They were getting so demolished on it. They actually took down the video. And some of the other dealers have had to since make responses to that video. And Roman Scharf did it. Now Roman Scharf is a Russian guy. And if you have seen him with like his beard and everything, he's like an old school looking Russian guy. So the, the, the running joke is, is almost like, it's like, are we sure he's not in the Russian mob? Because he, because he looks like he, he, he fits the part, but he also looks like a dude who, and he did a three minute response just explaining. And he basically tried to keep it as clean as possible. He basically said, I'm very disappointed in what he did. I can't condone anything he did. I'm not saying that I won't do business with him again. But there's going to have to be some very serious discussions they're going to have because he he had to do this video while his family was on vacation, right? So needless to say, none of these guys are, are uber pleased. Like mm-hmm. they're they're not happy because they basically had to deal with that for over a week to find out. They they suspected it was a PR stunt, but in the end, the PR stunt was like, "That's it. That's all you did this for? Just this attempted a grandiose gesture for what?" Yeah, so so exactly. they're not thrilled. Yeah, so they're not thrilled. Um, so anyway, so the video got pulled down. And obviously, as the video got pulled down, that led to watch YouTube being aflame with more discussion about it. It's wonderful. This seems to be a theme, Carlos. It, it does seem to be a theme. It's wonderful. Listen, some people got some serious traction making videos about the Time Beast Gentleman. What's going on with Time Beast Gentleman? What has happened with Time Beast What I think happened with Time Beast Gentleman. And some, some YouTubers here probably have like 10 videos on Time Beast Gentleman. And multiple live streams. And there was a live stream on today about it. So anyway, so it was, it was a lot. Um, so anyway, bottom line, uh, 47 minutes ago, as I speak to you right now, on right. the Timepiece Gentleman YouTube channel, I'm so sorry, a message to my followers, the watch industry, and uh, friends and family. So the apology video has been released and dropped on the Timepiece Gentleman channel. Things we could have predicted, right? Like In accordance with the prophecy? Pretty much feels like every single, you know, part of this was kind of predictable. Absolutely. But Dave, do you understand, like, in the spirit of the show of salt, why I would give you this story? (laughs) There are so many layers. It was over many days. It was many, many videos. It was a lot of discussion, live streams. It was like, I was sitting there. It's like, I'm sitting there like that meme with the guy eating the popcorn. It's like, I'm here for all of this. (laughs) Feed it into my veins. I had a good yeah, time. Sure. I had a good time. I look forward to the apology video. Oh, I have it. I have it right here. And oh. I will be watching it. Oh, yes. It shall be glorious. Will you eat it watching popcorn? I have. Or sorry, I have will a, you I have, watch I, it eating popcorn? Uh, no, I, I have dinner to eat. I'll probably watch while I'm eating my dinner. Uh, but anyway, bottom line, very entertaining. I was greatly amused. That was my fun the last week or so on YouTube, on Watch YouTube. It's been wonderful. I love it. Truly splendid. And a very appropriate beginning to the show of salt. All right. So we've Where got, do you want to start? We've got four four topics for you, Carlos. Go. All dealing with salt. Uh, let's go – let's – yeah. Let's start with this one. We'll, we'll kind of ease into it with this story. All right? So we have some XFL news, Carlos. Mm. Because as you know, we love our defunct football leagues on this program. 
Yeah, man. We've talked about the CFL so much. It's crazy. So so basically we know that uh, the CFL and the XFL, because we talked about it in this program, were in informal talks. Mm-hmm. For what? We're not really sure, but some kind of formal talks. That's right. Well, do- well Carlos, they're done talking. They are. All right. They are done talking. And they have said basically uh, – I guess there may have been talk about a merger in mm-hmm. as part of these talks because the CFL has basically come out and said there will be no merger. This is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And we've ended – the talks were productive and useful, but they're ended. Mm-hmm. So nothing really came out of the talks. Right. Fantastic. Big waste of time sounds like. However, this is the part that is interesting to me. And here's the salt that I want to pour on the XFL. Mm-hmm. Right. So the CFL is, is – started training camp today the training camp started today so they're going to play this year things look as good as they ever do for the cfl let's put it that way but the xfl has now pushed their season back the next season to 2023 right so originally they were going to come back in 2022 that was the plan that's what the rock told the people Mm -hmm. Uh, and now they've pushed it back to 2023 my question to you carlos is is anyone going to care in 2023 about the XFL and should they? No and no. No, well, let me be fair about this. There will be some that will care, yes. But here's an interesting thing. Uh, so two things. Number one, I like to think in my in my version, in my canon, I like to think that what happened is it fell through because Anthony from the Timepiece Gentleman couldn't get the deal done in time. This was all an elaborate ruse to hide <laughs> the fact that they, the Timepiece Gentleman was going to sponsor the CFL. I like and it. once again, the like CFL it. ruined more things. But at least YouTube uh, Watch Twitter was ablaze. <laughs> <sighs> okay, moving on. If we didn't already call this the episode of Salt, I feel like a flame would have been the appropriate title. I, I could say maybe. Well, let's let's workshop this a little bit by the All end right. of the episode. Who knows? Okay. Either way, All like right. I, All right. I, I, I was I was just feeling it. I, I was I was feeling it. I, oh, it's good, man. It's good. Okay, so here's the thing. Don't worry. Uh, when we get to the last topic we're going to talk about tonight, there will be flames. Don't I, worry. I, I can I can only hope. Uh, but anyway, so the thing is that yeah, no, jerking them around a little bit. But the thing is that I could didn't I didn't see the path forward for the XFL without really having something figured out. But the thing is, the CFL walks away from this. They did annoy some of their like their contingent that didn't want a part of any merger or anything, didn't want to change the rules or do all that, and that's cool. But then the CFL is back in the place it always is. Um, I'll touch on the XFL again in a second, but the CFL is back in the place it always is. The product isn't different. It's not going to change. So the product has struggled and couldn't run without an audience. And they're going to run this and try to do some stuff. I'm sitting there like, again, you know, maybe The Rock is not as petty as I am. Maybe he should be. And if I could teach him and coach him properly. What I would do is if I was The Rock, I would find some way to get the bell and be like, you know, it would be good if you drop the CFL and just kill their TV. I'll let you run a bunch of my movies instead. Just, just do that. <laughs> just, just like mess. Just screw them over. And then, all right, X, all right, CFL, you got no fans in the stands, and you got no TV. So, what are you planning on paying anybody with? Yeah. Were, were you hoping the Safeway ads were going to carry you? Is, is, that, is that your plan? Safeway for the win, Carlos. Yeah, exactly. That's all you got going for you. But uh, no, but yeah, the XFL. I don't understand what the impetus is to try again. This would be the third time. What's the point? I didn't understand when the Rock oh, was involved. because the Rock wants to give people the chance that he didn't have. I don't. I don't think. I, I still don't buy it. I still think he just gave Vince. I think he did Vince McMahon a solid and, and get let him get out of it with a couple of bucks in his pocket. Like honestly, I think they just gave Vince McMahon a couple of bucks, and it's probably Vince McMahon's money. He's just like, uh, can you just do this so I can pretend that I'm divesting of myself of it? Yeah, sure, bro. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah. Great. That's possible. Yeah, I, I'm still like I mean, the amount of shady shit that guy's done. Yeah. This being Vince McMahon uh, would not shock me in the least. And that would be like a two out of ten on the shady scale for Vince McMahon. So it's not like so like that would be the craziest thing he'd be involved in. True. Yeah, like I still don't believe that that purchase was legitimate. I don't believe there was any any actual plan to do anything with it. And I, you might as well make it 2033. It's not going to make any difference. I do. There is there was room. There were multiple opportunities, legitimate opportunities for a summer football league to go, but the people had to be serious. The AAF didn't have the business plan, the long-term financing ready to go. They, if did they not have honestly, it. if the AAF had had the financing, they would have been, been fine. fine. Yes, they, that's they, they all were, they. The, you know what? Honestly, I feel if they had enough money up front to get through season one, they would have been okay. Yeah, probably. And, and the, the product was good. Like, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the NFL, but it was good football. It was entertaining. You had some good storylines. You were forming some stars. Yeah. Right. They 
everything about that league was great, except for the fact that they couldn't pay their bills and they hadn't figured that out ahead of time. That's right. And then Tom Dundon is a douchebag. Correct. But the problem was that when you do that, and I alluded to it at the time, and I'm going to reiterate it one more time. Every time somebody tries that and fails, it hurts the premise. It's not the individual league. When the AAF failed because they screwed up the financing piece, that was like strike one. When the XFL came after, okay, you had the advantage of learning from that experience. Vince McMahon technically had more than enough money. They could have run it for multiple seasons. He chose to pull the plug on it without finishing the season. Well, that's strike two. You didn't have to do that. You could have finished. You could have if you had been determined. But COVID, Carlos. Like Vince cares about COVID. He ran the wrestling show the whole time. He doesn't care about COVID. If he had been determined to finish the season and they had at least gotten to the championship and awarded a champion, they could have then reevaluated for season two. But they had the TV. They had the basics down. He just needed to eat the loss for their season, finish finish what he started, sell a couple extra shirts and hats, try to offset it a little bit with that, and then reevaluate and see what happens for season two. But you needed to get to the end of the line. Yeah, You needed to at least prove that you were willing to go. And maybe you can get some other partners to come in and chip in a couple of bucks. That's that, possible as well. And I yeah. mean, anytime you push a league now further down the road, you have the chance that someone comes in before you and and does better. But the thing is, even or if figures they, it out, right? Yeah. Even if somebody tries to do better, the market has been told repeatedly this doesn't work. It's true. The narrative has now the narrative has been reinforced. This would be the third try for the X. The XFL is already a failed brand. They have successfully failed twice. Twice. Yeah, in spectacular fashion. The first time they finished one season and, and then pulled the plug before getting to season two. The second time they couldn't even do that. And I felt like the second time, sadly, they seemed better equipped to do it. That, that's what made the whole thing a joke is that, like, guys, it, it was a much better presentation. It felt like proper football. There was a lot of good going with it as much as I like making fun of it, and I did. But there was a lot more going for it. There was more pieces that you could work with. There, You could have still made this work. Pulling it back another season, you're going to have the USFL thing, which isn't, which is sort of a thing, but sort of, it's just there. Again, the failed brand. Like, how many failed brands do you guys want? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't, I don't understand what the point is. Like, does somebody want to go and do ABA too? Like, yeah, sure, let's do the ABA again. Why not? Now the ABA, by the way, ended a merger, so that's fine. That's great. Or let's do the WHA again. That ended a merger too, but ah, what the hell? Try the W. You come up with your own thing. At least the AAF, again, uh, the acronym could have used some work, but the whole, the alliance, okay, that's that's reasonable marketing-wise. At least it felt a little different. It was something. And it did have some grassroots support the first time. The XFL has a little bit of grassroots support. Like, I felt like I saw content. There are YouTubers who are still doing the XFL branding thing. They're still, like, supporting the concept of the XFL without a product to support. Yeah. So bless them for hanging in there, but it's like, I don't know what they're going to do for another year. And reality, here's the great irony of this. So bringing this back around. Don't forget, the CFL had tried to make some inroads in the U.S. by being on ESPN3 and doing mm-hmm. the streaming thing. Is those big numbers? No. But for the CFL, anything additional is good. Yeah, Any sure. additional eyeballs sure. is good. So now you've got the folks that were embracing the XFL thing and they were looking at that. Oh, maybe there's a possibility of doing like a thing where there'll be some teams in the U.S. and some teams in Canada. Maybe they play their thing and then play each other in like a champ in the playoffs or whatever. There, there, there's ways you could have tried to concoct some scheme, maybe, and yeah, do a little. Sure. Yeah, you could have tried to do some stuff. Um, but now that this thing got done and the CFL kind of stringed them along a little bit and now nothing's going to happen with it. Well, some of those folks are going to be alienated and they're going to be like, all right, screw the CFL then. Yeah, I hear you. So it's not, it's, the CFL won't be sitting there going, like, oh, man, that's what a torpedo was. But at the same time, it's like, well, it's not like you had a lot of not like you had a lot of inroads in the U.S. anyway. Yeah. Like whatever little bit you could have gotten out of it would have been an improvement. Because, by the way, Canada, there was a uh, segment on Sportsnet where um, they were saying, it's like, OK, so this fell through. You guys are all happy. And basically he was making this point. He goes, so then are Canadians now going to support the CFL? Because you didn't really care that much before. Yeah, that's no, fair. Because the reason they're in this, re- the reason they were in the straits, why they were even willing to entertain this, was because they couldn't carry themselves on their own. They have not been able to do it. They get the TV numbers that does not translate into butts in the seat and does not translate into enough revenue for these teams to be profitable. Toronto yeah. is not profitable. They are not. Vancouver sure. is really not profitable. They're not. So, by the way, two of the biggest cities in Canada. Did I just name them? Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem good. 
And by the way, if Montreal keeps sucking, you think they're going to draw? Montreal's fair weather. We'll get to Montreal in a minute. But Montreal, but Montreal will ditch those fools like a bad habit if they, if they don't get better. Montreal came out of the gates, the Alouettes, when they came back, they were perennial contenders. They were good. They mm-hmm. were real good. They, they didn't win every time, but they at least were consistently in the conversation. They had shot after shot, and they did win some championships. So they did. They have some hardware to show for this. But since then, since Anthony Calvillo died, I don't think he actually died. But since he died, then what have they gotten? A grand total of bupkis. Nada. Well, what do you think happens? Yeah, Montreal is, oh, it's nice and everything. What do you think happens if they don't win for a while longer? Yeah. Doesn't seem great. So what happens if you, you have a money loser in Toronto, a money loser in Montreal, that's another big city in Canada, and BC and Vancouver can't get its act together? Well, congratulations. You, you, you've got your city. Oh, but we'll set up a thing in Atlanta. Great. Another small market that's, that's irrelevant. Awesome. I guess that's the CFL. It's like CFL Carlos, for life. This is supposed to be salt on the XFL, not salt on the CFL. Oh, the CFL is so much easier to give salt to. So much easier. Like I am, a, I am Lord Salt. I am not called Lord Salt for nothing. All right, fair enough. All right, so we're done with this one. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to this, and I'll go to the second sort of this. That was supposed to be small too, so we'll see how this one. But this is not supposed to be a long one. Yeah. yeah. So, something happened last week, Carlos, which I know you watched. Mm. Malachi Black. Former mm-hmm. Alistair Black yep. made his debut in AEW. That is correct. What is notable about this, and this is the thing that I that I found very interesting, and here's where the salt comes from, because I'm mm-hmm. I'm very curious to know who is responsible for this and who the salt should be poured on directly. Mm-hmm. But there was chatter out there when this happened that wait a minute, uh, his 90 days from being released from WWE are not up. Correct. So. To, Traditionally, and it's standard practice with WWE, that after you're fired or let go or whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. there is a 90-day no-compete clause, meaning you sure. cannot move to a competitor within 90 days. Yes. Right? After that, you can go wherever you want, but you have to wait the three months. Mm-hmm. Well, people were like, wait a minute. Alistair Black did not – or Malachi Black, whatever the hell you want to call him now. Tom, because that's his real name. Uh, why is he not waiting 90 days? Mm-hmm. Well – because NXT only has a 30-day no-compete clause. Yes. Now you say, hang on, wait a minute. He's not in NXT, Mm -hmm. which is correct. So what happened was somebody didn't do the paperwork when he moved from NXT to the main roster, so he was allowed to move on in 30 days. Yep. Salt. Mm -hmm. Okay. I thought that was hilarious. It was. It was. So I did hear about that. I am familiar with it, but... Do you want me to add a little more? Of course. You are Lord Salt. Yeah, there is more. So here's the thing. That is 100% true. His NXT contract had the 30-day stipulation on it. Normally, when they go to the main roster, they get bumped up to a 90-day clause. Um, they never did it. But, so that was a, you know, a fundamental screw-up there in the administrative department of WWE because they are a well-old machine, as you well know. Yes. Um, but wait. There's more. So here's the thing. Um, Buddy Murphy, uh, who was also released in that round of releases, um, did an interview with Fightful. And in the interview with Fightful, he gave another little piece of the puzzle that people didn't know necessarily. Actually, WWE not only screwed that up, they didn't actually know. They realized that someone had not had their 90-day switched over. They didn't actually know who it was. They called Buddy Murphy thinking he was the one that they had not switched over to 90 days. So when they were talking to him, they called him and they were basically explained that, hey, um, uh, there might have been a mistake with the contract. It's like, um, we think that you have a 30-day non-compete, but, you know, basically he, he's from Australia, so he might have visa issues and stuff. So the longer the non-compete, while the non-compete goes, technically it keeps his visa going. It gives him right. more time to do it. So from his perspective, having 90 days is actually beneficial to give him more time to work on his paperwork and deal with yeah. Because if he wants to keep working in the United States, he's going to need some yeah. – which Some is others. interesting, though, because uh, Malachi Black is Dutch. Yeah, so but I, I don't suspect know if that, he, that had a thing in it. Too. Well, number one, he's married to Selena Vega, so they've okay, been married right. for a while. And okay. number two, probably, so probably that was resolved for him a while ago. Yeah, yeah, I think, fair enough. I, fair enough. Yeah. Correct. You are correct. Yeah, I think he, I think he's okay. Um, but when they were talking to him, uh, Buddy Murphy, uh, basically they thought that he was the one, and they alluded to that, and basically, and basically, it was like, well, no, my my last day on the on the thing. He basically told him, he goes, oh, my last thing on the thing is like the end of August. And they're like, 
And, and then he said, it's like the person on the other end of the line went from like panicked to relieved. And then they finished the conversation and, and then hung up. So, so WWE, the well-old machine that it is, didn't even know who they screwed up with. They figured out that, wait a minute, one of you does not have a 90-day non-compete and could show up somewhere else now. Call them all. Who was it? <laughs> That's brutal. It's like, it's, like, it's like, are we sure we got the right one? It's the Australian guy, isn't it? It's like, but right, it just makes them look even more inept. Yes, which they're not really. I mean, like you no, said, they are. They are inept. They are well, super in, different, inept. in certain ways. In certain ways. Yes. Well, just, just creatively, administratively, and as a business. And now Bailey's out for nine months. Carlos, what is SmackDown going to do? Oh wait, they brought back Edge, so it's okay. Well, they only had like two women on the SmackDown side of the roster. That's I true. exaggerate, but barely. No. but barely, but but not by much. They 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 have Sasha Banks, so they're good. Well, I think I could be mistaken. I did Do they have uh, is is Charlotte on SmackDown or Raw? Raw. She's yeah, getting with Rhea, Rhea, with uh, Rhea Ripley. Right, um, right, right. I believe I haven't checked on it yet, but I saw the little thumbnails and stuff. Um, I believe they brought in Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox to SmackDown. So I think their answer was to bring up some NXT call-ups to try to start filling some slots. And apparently, I believe I saw like a clip somewhere. I have to confirm. I have to look. There might be like a coming soon kind of thing for Tony Storm. Okay. So they might be like, all right, grab some people from NXT. Here you go. That'll fix it. Question mark. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. The, the, the reality is like they may as well just, in all seriousness, I don't watch WWE at this point, like at all, at all, um, because I just don't care. It's just not a good product to watch. It sucks. Um, and I can't mince my words about it. It sucks to watch. Um if you're going to bother, just, just merge the women's divisions. Just have one women's division. You can have the champion roam from back and forth between both brands. And you can have women on both brands. But maybe she feuds with one in this brand and one in this brand. And then you can have them yeah, feud with each other. Yeah, you separate storylines, right? Yeah. And then if you want, you can have some tag teams and stuff. Because at least there'll be enough women on the roster to be able to, like, have a couple of cohesive feuds. Possibly. The SmackDown roster was so depleted, like literally you, you could probably like pair two women together and it's like, actually, you're the entire roster. So you're feuding with each other forever. Yeah. It's like, we're going to have a best of 700 series between the two of you. It's like, wait, but that, that could still end in a 350, 350 tie. All right. Best of 700 and one. I love it. Oh, WWE. Like, it's so stupid. It's just so stupid. It, it, and it's like, it's basic math. All you got to do is like, you don't have anyone. You may as well not even have the women on SmackDown because there's not enough. Yeah, it was like seven, I think, at one point. Uh, no, they were, they were down to like four. Jeez. They were literally down to like – because they had released a bunch of them. So, so it's like you had almost no one on that roster. So they, that's why they had to grab a couple from NXT. So when Bailey got injured, it's like I think that's what forced it, to be honest with you. I don't think they even intended to call up you know, uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox necessarily right at this moment. I think what happened was they were like – Wait, Bailey's gone too? She's, she's like in 80% of our matches on this roster. Yeah. Uh, she literally had a title match coming up with um, with um, Bianca Belair. Well, that's scrapped. <laughs> that's out. Yeah. So it's like, you haven't brought Sasha Banks back. Uh, Bailey's out. It's like, who's left? Uh, just just uh, grab a couple of the NXT ones. Just, just go. Just put them there. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's not like they'll have a storyline or anything. What do they need one for? Yeah. Just throw them out there. We'll get some more bodies in. Whatever. What are you going to do? It is what it is. But yeah, no, that's just the way it is. The way it goes. So bottom line, I, I am familiar with it. But that little piece with the Buddy Murphy, that was a mwah. So beautiful. They didn't even know who it was. Uh, so, so brutal. But so, I love it. So, yeah. So then when, uh, so then when Morde Mordecai Black, uh, Malachi Black shows up in the thing, they're like, oh, shit. That was the one. I knew it was one of them. That's that's the the greatest part though too. Hopefully, is that WWE had, like you said, I had no clue, and then all of a sudden, boom! Oh, that's who it was. Well, shit. Yeah. Good news though. Uh, Road Rangers was a great show. Yes, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was quite good. It's quite good. I do enjoy this. I do enjoy that AEW by uh, by not doing the monthly pay per view allows them to have the themed specials. The themed specials are fun because then they can put together. They can actually put together like a little bit of a super card, but it's on TV. You can just yeah, watch it. It's nice. Yeah, it's great. All right, Carlos. Item three of salt. Mm. Why Dave hates Tampa Bay. Mm. Not just the Tampa Bay Lightning, but Tampa Bay. Okay, Carlos? 
So we can get into the hockey. We can get into all that. Mm-hmm. We can get into the fact that Tampa Bay is winning everything except the World Series or screwing over the NBA. But here's here's the thing, Carlos. This is the worst part about Tampa Bay winning the Stanley Cup, and it has nothing to do with the Montreal Canadiens or Poutine, unfortunately for you. It is this. The narrative now is Tom Brady came to town and look what has happened to the city. What the actual fuck? He plays hockey, doesn't he? Apparently. Apparently Tom Brady is a god. Like Greek gods are I've literally been saying this all along. I just assumed. I don't think you have, though, actually. Obviously I have. Like my praise for Tom Brady is well noted. (laughs) <laughs> Let the record show, sir. <laughs> Let the record show. See, the problem is that you guys had the wrong Montreal team. If y'all had just brought in the proper Montreal team. Ooh. Did you have this ready to go? You damn right I had it ready to go. So Carlos Maroon. is holding up a Montreal Maroons Stanley Cup champions banner. The only real team in Montreal. Not that fake garbage team. Which is interesting because back in the day. The Canadian, the Canadiens were the French team, and the Maroons were the English team in Montreal. And as the great Al Bundy once said, it is wrong to be French. <laughs> uh, what are the year? 1926 and 1935? Yeah, man. They were, yeah. they basically, they were a victim of the Great Depression. <laughs> they actually were doing quite well. Like, they were, they were Stanley Cup champions in 1935. But then not long after the Great Depression really got underway, they were like... Yeah, that's unfortunate. But they, but they were they were good for. Look, here's the thing: we, the million jokes aside, and I, the prop is so beautiful for this. So yes, beautiful. it was. I appreciate um, that. I do. But the but the thing is, I think it would have been very interesting to see what history would have done. I think there is a world in which, because there is the strong Anglophone population in Montreal, there is a universe in which both teams could have existed. That would have been fascinating, especially with the way Canadian hockey went. If they had been able to somehow keep the team around, and you had two teams in Montreal, yeah, would have been interesting. Nothing else. And then if they imagine if they had tried to stick the team in Quebec City. All right, so we got three teams in Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. What are you going to do? Hey. Yeah, no, know. fair enough. There you go. Montreal Maroons, the real team in Montreal. But yes, the failure of your ridiculous poutine eating team. Um, the reality is, like I said, you have doomed us to just accepting our Lord and Savior, Tom Brady. Yeah, please. It's just, you know what I mean? That's the thing. Like, here's the thing. Montreal was an inferior team in the Stanley Cup final. Tampa Bay was a better team. They played like the better team pretty much the entire series. There were a couple of periods, a couple of moments where Montreal played better. They did win one game. uh, And, you know, which, of course, Montreal fans celebrated like they won the Cup. And then was it uh, Kucherov that went off on it? Yeah, as he should have, because it was eminently mockable. Oh, that was mockable, as was his post-game press conference, where apparently he was sniffing the whole time and was clearly under the influence of something. As you do. Uh, you know, and shirtless. Let's not forget shirtless. Well, all he's doing is emulating Lord and Savior Tom Brady. Did you not see him at the boat party? Tom Brady was about I, to fall over 14 times. He had to be, like, propped up no, and straight. No, because I don't pay attention to Tom Brady because I can't stand that man. But he was a meme. They had you pictures know? of Tom Brady. Look, he was about to keel Look, over. If he had retired after, you know, five Super Bowls, I probably would. It's like, okay, fine. But, but Dave, now it's just like he, it's he has enough. to win five. He has to win five Super Bowls. I argue this is like I was congrat. I congratulated him on a live stream not this very week. I said to him, "It's like, hey, you know what? Congratulations to this man. He went to Tampa Bay. He had a team that was already loaded for bear. It should have been the young go King Jameis carrying them to victory, but instead the old man showed up and almost tried to ruin it multiple times. But congratulations to him. He finally won the big one. He now has one Super Bowl. He is one behind Peyton Manning. He's almost there, you guys. Sorry, you're not. So you're not counting any of the New England. Are you, are you just? What are you doing about the New England championships? Then there's New England now. All right, but anyway. Uh, it also it honestly, nothing. It, nothing New England this, did. Though, nothing New England did counts. Give me a break. It should make people feel all the more appreciative of the Los Angeles Dodgers for beating. Now they were the superior team, and I was, I, was about, I was about to say they were a little better than Tampa. But imagine if Tampa Bay had won that series, Carlos. Just how much worse it would all be, right? Well, Tom Brady comes to town and wins. And giving more people ammunition for this never-ending goat shit. So that happens. 
Okay, the first Tampa Bay Lightning Cup, it, like last year in the bubble, like I don't care, whatever. Fine, you can have that one. All right? But then the second one, screw you and your over-the-cap team and your loophole. Mm-hmm. Okay, so fuck you for that. Uh, right? Also, fuck the city of Tampa Bay for screwing over the Raptors this year. Right? I, I'm just going to go with that because it probably would have been just the same story no matter where they played in the U.S., but I'm going to go with the screw you Tampa Bay because that's where they played their home games, home games. I just appreciate that you're feuding with another piece of geography. And I always enjoy when you feud with geography. Okay. You know I'm what? Hold on a second, Carlos. I would like you to say something about the Stanley cup while I do a quick check on something. All right. But you don't, but just for the record, you didn't have the props that I did because the no, props of course. Did. No, dude, Dude, that is that is next level prop. You were the next. I knew, you were the prop king now. I knew this day would come. I, I was I was ready with the Maroons banner. I knew that someday I would get to use the Maroons banner. Okay, so let me talk about the Stanley Cup thing for a second. Okay, so bottom line was I I watched the I watched the game one. We watched that a little bit together. Um, I watched a little bit of the rest of the series. To be honest, it really didn't feel like it was ever very competitive. So I didn't get too much enjoyment out of watching it. It just wasn't very good. the The big thing that I is once I got a chance to see enough, it was time for me to um, commence the hedge bet because I did I did place a wager on the Montreal Canadiens because the odds were just too good. I, I wanted to see, and uh, subsequently I just. Again, kind of reiterating the point of the way this year has gone, um, I've won several NBA bets since then. So it's actually been a really good run for me. Like, I've been killing it for the most part. It's like, psh, the poutine eater screwed Nicely it up. Nicely done. Yeah, the poutine eater screwed it up. So what I did is I did put in a hedge. I decided uh, – now, you can't just go and bet Tampa. Well, you can. But if you go and bet Tampa, the odds would have been so bad, you really wouldn't have been much of a hedge at all. It would have been pretty crappy. So I said, okay, well, what I'm looking for then is let me look at series – exact series result. That's what I'm looking for, exact series result. Okay. And, and if I do exact series result, then I can get slightly better odds. So I did uh, Tampa Bay four games to one, and I did Tampa Bay four games to two. Four games to one got me almost three to one, and four games to two would have gotten me over three three to one. All right. So I was able to strategically put enough in there that it basically offset the loss from Tampa Bay, from Montreal failing. So I basically ended up about where I started. That's hence the concept of the hedge. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, so I did what I could. Once Montreal won a game, I was celebrating like they won the Stanley Cup because I needed to win at least a game. Them getting swept would have screwed me over, and them winning in seven or losing in seven would have screwed me over. So I'm like, I just need you to win a game. Just a game. So when they did that, I was like, excellent. Two of my outcomes are still in play. All right, Tampa Bay, do what you must. Pray to your Lord. He of the fake rings. Get your championship. Celebrate outside without shirts. And mock the Montrealers, as you should. Have you got your thing figured out? Yeah. Um, I'm looking because I wanted to know, right? As you know in my love of geography. Mm. All right, Tampa Bay, I hate you. Do you have a pier? Ah, that's important. That's true. Right? And the truth is they have something in Ballast Point Park or Ocean Park. I don't know. They're side by side, so I'm not sure which one it is. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's some like bridgey pier thing, which seems sort of pointless because there's really nothing on there, and it's not really. I mean, it's in Tampa Bay, but not really in Tampa Bay. Uh, so the actual bay, all right, the actual bay, the body of water, there appears. So just so we're clear, just so we're clear. So this is a kind of a bridgey pier thing. So it's kind of this weird uh, bastardization of a pier. Okay, so, yeah, so there. basically, no, let, me, let me finish. 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 So it's kind of like a bridgey pier thing. It's a bastardization of a pier. It's kind of there and kind of not there. It really doesn't have any use discernibly that we can find. Is it called Tom Brady? See, Dave, you have to let me finish. Right, man. But yeah, pretty much, right? Uh, and it's not even in the actual body of water called Tampa Bay. It's called, it is within city limits, but it's nowhere near downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in some like random area of Tampa Bay, the city, uh, close to the Air Force Base, and it's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Tom Brady, it's just kind of there. Basically, my point. Yeah, that was pretty much. What and I was then going. probably the citizens of Tampa Bay probably think it's the greatest pier in the history of ever. As they should. Right. As Meanwhile, if you know you go to the next town over, there's like ten piers, all of which are better. Facts. Facts. So no, I appreciate that we uh, that we continue in the great in the great tradition 
of um, of Dave Turnbull, you know, feuds with uh, land masses. So it's pretty yeah, solid. I, like I had I, I couldn't I couldn't let you down on that one, Carlos. I had it, to I had to. It was very that. it was very important. I appreciate it. Okay, so I made an executive decision. All right. I'm looking. I'm looking at the time. I actually have time, but I'm also hungry. So, uh, pretentious cross country running is skipped. What's the next thing? That is the last thing on the list. Excellent. Sorry, pretentious cross country running. We ran out of time. But Carlos, you can turn it off at any time. What's the best salt of all? All right, go quick. Give me the quick version. What's the quick? All version? right. This is the thing. I fucking hate England, the country, and the fans of their soccer team. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Stop. 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 <laughs> Okay, out of disdain and and wanting to speed it along, I didn't even bother rolling Neymar. I'm just like, all right, fuck it, go go get on with yeah, it. And you're like, hey, we just finished with you feuding with Tampa Bay, and now you're taking on England, the country, dude. Dude, I could have given you something better. You could have given Rolling Neymar intro, but you chose no, not no, to. No, 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 no. It does not deserve the Rolling Neymar in- intro. We, we can't go from you feeding with one landmass to you feeding with an, with an no, island but nation. It, it's strictly about pretenders cross country running because I, here's the thing. All right. One of the thing, the flack from going from hockey to there that people always get in this area is Leaf fans. Because Leaf fans think somehow their team is the greatest team in the history of ever. And they haven't won anything since 1967. They haven't even won a fucking playoff series in HD, Carlos. I understand. But, like, you've got no, New Orleans Saints. But, but you you've, take- got, you've got fan bases. The New Orleans Saints fans think their team is good and they've never won anything. Oh, shut up. <laughs> um, so England is playing in the final of the Euros tomorrow. And yes, they're playing right. Italy. That's right. All right. Uh, England have to be the worst fans. Sorry, let me know the worst fans. The most annoying soccer fans that exist. Right. For when the you add it soccer, reasons. that's different. When you add it soccer, fine. Great. Okay. For the following reasons: one, they've been booing the national anthem of all the other countries. I want to boo the national anthem of all the other countries, all including right. the one I'm in. They're also they're also booing players who kneel. All right. And. Does that not seem contradictory? Yes. I'm actually confused by that. Hold on, hold on. So you boo the national anthem? No, but what's, so what's happening? What's happening is so in a, in an international soccer game, what's been going on in the Euros? So they will sing the national anthem of the away team, and then they will sing the national anthem of the home team. So whenever they're not singing "God Save the Queen," they're booing that anthem, and then right before kickoff. Players, if they're going to kneel, kneel. So they don't kneel during the anthem. They kneel right before kickoff. That's been getting booed, both uh, national games and domestic league games. But here's the, here's the worst part, and the one thing that makes me most annoyed, I think, maybe, is the whole, it's coming home, right? So if you if you go on Twitter, you go down your YouTube rabbit hole, you go wherever, you will find so many English fans talking about how it's coming home, okay? Here's my two things for this. You've only England. You only won once. You won 1966 at home. You won the World Cup. Okay. You can't say the Euros are coming. The Euro Trophy is coming home because you've never fucking won it. It can't come home when you've never won. Okay? It's never been home, so it can't come back. Two, the whole "It's coming home." Where that came from is a song written by a couple of comedians that was written for the 1996 Euros, which were hosted in England, which England made the semifinals. But the line is not the tro- – has nothing to do with trophy. It says football is coming home because football was invented in the UK. And, yes, it was played in Scotland before it was played in England. So fuck you, England. Done. So you've declared war on both the city of the United States and the country of England in one show. No, just yeah, basically. Yeah, you you did. That is not an With inaccurate good reason, though, Carlos. I, With good reason. I understand. I just I'm I'm clarifying that this is what has occurred. I just want to make sure that on this most saltiest of episodes, we got we did in fact get some serious salt. In fact, we need one more thing to make it proper. Rolling Neymar, you don't deserve it, quite frankly, because no. But if we're gonna deal with the episode of salt, just because I can. Did, did we need that? Yes, we did. Okay. Yes, we did. All right. All right. Listen, that man knows a thing or two about salt. He's been on the receiving end quite a bit of it. <laughs> That's true, too. It sticks with the theme, Dave. We've stuck with the theme. It's been a beautiful theme show. It has. Yeah. All right. I'll give it to you, Dave. I'll give it to you. I, I did enjoy you declaring war on England. That was great. And your, your soliloquy with Tampa was great. And uh, frankly, uh, the only thing that I, I maybe enjoyed slightly more was... 
the Montreal Maroons banner. That that is that is key. This episode has it all. It's had salt. It's had uh, you know the flaming the flames of watch YouTube. Watch YouTube set ablaze. And it's had the Montreal Maroons Stanley Cup banner. I think it's been a good show. I agree. Good show. All right. So that's it. For myself, Lord Salt, and Dave, this is episode 104 of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. It'll be there shortly. I'll we'll do it after I eat. And then it will also be available on the YouTubes, again, not long after I eat. And then we will be back next week where probably we'll come up with something else to be salty about. We'll make, fun of, we'll make fun of it. Maybe I'll review the UFC, the UFC fight that I'm going to watch in within an hour or two. It'll be glorious. It shall be wonderful. I'll review the IKEA thing that I assembled. It shall be glorious. It Do shall it. be wonderful. And then perhaps by then we will find out the true nature of what the Taipei gentleman did. It shall not be glorious. It shall not be wonderful. But it shall set watch YouTube ablaze. And that is how we'll finish this episode. See? Well, that's how you do it. So that's it for me and Dave. Episode 104 of the Unnecessary Announcements podcast. We will catch you in the next one.